Well, good morning, everybody. How many people are glad to be here today? How many people are shocked that they're here today? <clears throat> how many weeks, or excuse me, how many Mondays are there supposed to be in a week? Well, I'm coming. This is my sixth one. Uh, you know how it is. Sometimes just life happens. <clears throat> the The title today is Unlikely Hero. And uh, some of you may know the, uh, you know, a definition of a hero. Well, I I have two heroes today. Gary and Judy, and especially Judy Weiland. <clears throat> I got up this morning, and I wanted to make some changes. And I went through and made all the changes. And I was so impressed, I had bought a new ink cartridge for my printer. I was able to print two pages. But fortunately, I got a guy. You know, everybody has a guy to do something. I had a guy... Uh, Gary, and I emailed it to him to have him print. And uh, thanks to, to, especially to Judy on that, I got my notes. But I was so flustered coming in, I'm halfway to church, I forgot my tie. But again, thanks to Judy, she chose the appropriate one for Gary to wear that matched what I'm wearing. <laughs> so, uh, another unlikely hero today. Uh, but I am here, and we'll see what happens after this. Um, but, but heroes. Uh, heroes are, are interesting. Uh, do we have modern-day heroes besides Judy and Gary? Some people say, oh, yes, we have a hero. His name is Aaron Rodgers. But then on a more reliable, you know, a pilot Scully that was having issues with his plane and he landed in a safe place in the water. There's a hero. What I want to look today is uh, I've been given three, three different Bible characters thoughts on, on being heroes. And I chose today Gideon. And uh, if you have your Bibles, we'll be following along in the book of Judges, and uh, starting with Judges 5. And, uh, <clears throat> and I'm sorry, I've gone all week. My throat's been great. <laughs> it's just another Monday. So uh, we'll, we'll get through this. Uh, Judges 5, verses 2, it says, When, when leaders led in Israel... When the people willingly offer themselves, bless the Lord. Hear, O, hear, o kings, give ear. O, o princes, I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will, praise, I will sing praises to the God of Israel. <clears throat> then verse 9, My heart is with the rulers of Israel who offer themselves willingly. With the, blessed, with the people, bless the Lord. In verse 31, Thus let all your enemies perish, O Lord. But let those who love, love him be like the sun when it comes out in full strength. Obviously, I, 
paraphrased a lot of that, but it gets down to is when, when the Israelites followed Jesus, follow, or not Jesus, but followed God, they were blessed. But they were human. Their memories were short. Uh, from the patriarchs and prophets is uh, oppression broken by confusion. Thus the Israelites dwelling in the open country were forced to abandon their homes and to congregate in the walled towns, to seek refuge in the fortress, even to find shelter in caves and rocky fastness among the mountains. For seven years, this oppression continued. And then, as the people, the distresses had gave heed to the Lord's reproof and, conf- and confession their sin and conf- confession their sins. God again raised up a helper for them. A help- helper is also a hero. In Judges six verse eleven, it starts focusing in <clears throat> on, on Gideon and. Again, it's it's an interesting choice choosing choosing someone like Gideon. Verse 11, Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the the tree which was in in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abrazite, while his son Gideon thrashed wheat in the winepress in order to hide hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, the Lord is, is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, if somebody came up to you and said, you are a, ma- a mighty man of valor, of valor, what would your thoughts be? Some people would think that's pretty great. <clears throat> a tribe of courage and honesty was not the tribe that Gideon was from. Gideon was the son of Joash of the tribe of Manasseh, a division which... His family belonged, held no position. But the household of Joash was distinguished for courage and integrity. And there's a lot to be said just about integrity. Leadership from an unlikely hero, someone from the least. On verse 13 in in, uh, chapter 6, Gideon said to him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are the, all these miracles our fathers have told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned and said to him, Go, <clears throat> go, in, this might, go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent you? Verse 15, so he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest of Manasseh, and I am the least of my brother's house. And when you come to that, it reminds me of David. When, <clears throat> when Samuel went to choose, choose the, the next king, he was the unlikeliest. He was the youngest. He was the least in his father's house to the point his dad didn't even want anyone to know that he, I mean, want Samuel to know that he had another son. He's, ah, he's just out taking care of the sheep. <clears throat> the least of my father's house. 
And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as, as one man. Then he said to him, If now I have found favor in your, in your sight, then show me a sign, <clears throat> show me a sign that it is you that, that talk to me. He said, Do not depart from me, I pray, until, until I come to you and bring out my, my offering and set it before, him, before you. So here, you, you got to give Gideon some credit because this guy's coming and tell me I'm going to do all this. And he's, he's not going to just throw everything into it. You know, probably just about everybody here, especially if you have a computer that works, um, you're going to be getting to scam things. You have one, you know, $25,000, you know, uh, all, all these scams. That's how Gideon was looking at it. He wanted to make sure that this wasn't a scam. So continuing on uh, with, uh, with 18, do not depart from here. I pray unto you, if, you and if I come to you and bring you an offering and set it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. Gideon deeply felt his own insufficiency for the, for the great work before him. The Lord does not always choose from his for his work, the men of the greatest talents, but he selects those whom he, he can use best. <clears throat> you know, many times when a boss is looking for someone, you know, a lot of times they say, you know, come and apply, but experience needed. Well, how do you get that experience? And that gets so frustrating. You know, you know you have the talent to do this job, but you want to have the, 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 the person wanting to hire you wants experience. Well, how do you get the experience if you don't, if you don't get hired? <clears throat> but many times, a prudent boss will hire somebody that they can see has some, some drive, intelligence, and they can train them. Instead of bringing somebody in that maybe knows the job, but knows how someone else did it. And will bring some of those bad habits with them. <clears throat> that's how God likes to choose his people. Individuals who might, might do good service for God may for a time be left in obscurity, apparently unannounced, <clears throat> un, unnoticed, <clears throat> and unemployed by, the, by their master. But if they are faithfully perform the duties of their humble position, cherishing a willingness, willingness to labor and to, and to sacrifice for him, he will in his own time entrust them with the greatest responsibilities. So before honor is humility. <clears throat> Going to verse 19. So Gideon went in and prepared a young goat with unleavened bread of an Ephraim uh, of four and, the, and put the meat in the basket and brought it out. So he's going in because as was tradition then, and I, I still hold with that tradition. If you want people to come to an event, you have to feed and water them. And I, I learned that from being involved with agriculture so much. But it, it when, when you think about it, we're, we're, I'm preparing for our open house at work. You want to have a good speaker, but you want to have fantastic food. Because when people go back, when they're planning to come back next year, they can say, oh, yeah, 
But, you know, they ran out of food. They forget what other things were happening. So if you want them to remember what you want them to learn, you got to make sure that they're contented in their stomach. A way to a man's heart is through a stomach. <clears throat> so Gideon is, is taking that on. He goes, he gets the food, and he brings it back out. In verse 21, then the angel of the Lord put it on the end of the staff, and he reached out his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread and rose up, and the meat was consumed. So there, Gideon had a miracle. He had a sign. This is, this is really true. So he should just get up and follow him. But no, Gideon's a human. Now, Gideon perceived that he, that he was an angel of God. So Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said unto him, Peace be with you. Do not, be, do not fear, for you shall not die. So there again, he's, had a miracle, he's seen a miracle. He's given a promise. Now it's time to move on. But this same Lord said, Peace be still, and it is, not to, it is I and not to be afraid. The disciples had seen all the miracles that Jesus had done, but yet when they, he was sleeping in the boat, and they panicked, and he says, Peace be still, I am with you. <clears throat> if you're following in verse 25, Now it came to pass in the same night that the Lord said unto him, Take your father's young bull, and the second bull, of seven years old, and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has, and cut down the wooden image. So Gideon is is raised by his father, and God feels that he is a a, a Christian, someone that he can work with. But yet his dad is still worshiping Baal. So Gideon goes out and, and does what, what the, the angel says to him. He goes out and destroys the altar. In verse 30, Then the, the men of the city said to Joash, Bring out your son that he may die, because he has torn on the altar of Baal, and because he has cut it down in the wooden image that is what, what was beside it. So Gideon goes out. He takes ten men from his, from his uh, servants, goes out and tears this down, and the people in the city are, are furious. <clears throat> but I like in verse 31 it says, But Joash said to all that stood, that stood against him, Would you plead for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who you plead for be put to, excuse me, let the one, let, let the one who would plead for him be put to death in the morning. If he is a god, let him plead for himself, because his altar has been torn down. That's a good point. Why should why should they have to go and defend their God? But on the other hand, is it wrong to defend your God? I overheard a conversation this morning about defending the, the right to work, not work on Sabbath. By doing that, you're defending your God. But yet, your God can help you through struggles where Baal couldn't. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Then he blew the trumpet, and the Abrazites gathered behind him. So he wanted to have a gathering call to see who's there with him. But he's still not quite sure. So now we get to the interesting point, starting with verse 36. 
the sign of the fleece. And this, this is an interesting story because Gideon has already seen the, a miracle. He's seen or he's heard the testimony, but he still isn't sure. So he says, okay, I'm going to put a fleece out of wool on the thrashing floor. And if there's dew on the fleece only and the ground is dry, I'll believe. So he goes and does that, wakes up in the morning, he squeezes out the water, and the ground around was, was dry. But then verse 39, like this, Then Gideon says to God, Do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let me test, I pray, just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only in the fleece, but all the ground around it, uh, let there be dew. And God's, And God did so that night, and it was dry in the fleece only, but there was dew on the ground. So now we have three, three separate miracles. This guy's ready to hit the ground running. How much proof of God's does a person need? Going to Judges 7, Gideon's valent 300. So the... <clears throat> the the Midianites are coming up and they're getting ready because it's harvest time. We know that because Gideon was already working to thrashing out the grain. So the Midianites, they come up and they're going to harvest the, the crops so that the Israelites have nothing. So he's, he's working with, with, uh, with, with God's angel and he's saying, okay, put together an army. So he goes out and enlists an army, and he comes up with 32,000 men. So he's feeling fairly confident. That's a large group. And the angel of the Lord comes and says to him, you still have too many. So he says, go and tell them that whoever is afraid, scared, has other reasons not to be here, tell them they can go home. So 22,000 men left. So he left them with with 10,000. So he's still feeling pretty good. But that was Gideon that was feeling good. God says, you still have too many. So then he says, okay, we'll give you a test this time. Take the 10,000 people down down to water, and we'll give them a test. See who bends over and puts water in their hand and drinks it, and see who kneels down and wants to drink it like a dog. And the ones that put it in their hand, those are the ones that, that, that are, are sufficient and worthy of being in your army. He starts out with 32,000 men, ends up with 300. When you do the math, it's less than 1%. So many are called, but few answer the call. So it happened that same night, in verse 9, that the Lord said to him, Arise and go against the camp, for I have delivered it unto your hand. Well, 
but he's still nervous. He's seen, he, he's seen the miracles. He's still, he's still nervous. The Lord said, or God says to him, okay, if you're nervous, go down. Take a couple of the people you're comfortable with, go down and just spy on the camp. And they go down there and this, this, they overhear this guy telling about a dream. He says, I have had a dream. To my surprise, a loaf of barley bread tumbled down into the camp of Midian and it came to the tent and struck it down so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed, kind of like the domino effect. This is okay, but what is the meaning of this? Well, the meaning is that we are going to be destroyed. So Gideon hears this and that gives him a little more confidence. So he goes back up to the to the mountain. He has his 300 men. He breaks them up into three different groups. But uh, everything is okay because he's got them well armed. <laughs> they have a, a pitcher, a torch, and a, and a trumpet. Now, where's Dietrich? Where, where's Mr. Dietrich with his trumpet? He's ready to go to war. So they, they get this, and he tells them, okay, we're going to go around, we're, we're going to surround the city in three groups, and light your torch, put it in the pitcher. And I, this, I can't quite figure out how, because you've got the torch, you've got the pitcher. Where's the trumpet? But anyways, he says, light, light the torch, and when I give you the sign, blow your horn, break the pitcher, and wait for the Lord. Wait, wait for God to do his work. So they go up there. They do that. Verse 21, and every man stood in his place all around the camp, and the whole army ran and cried out and fled. So they, they made that noise. They scared everybody. The Midianites wake up, and they start killing them th- themselves. But, it, you know, it, it still gets confusing. They, they destroy that. I shouldn't, they didn't wipe out everybody, but they, they get scared. They start running. Gideon starts chasing him. So and as he's going, then now the Israelites are saying, hey, there might be something to this guy that's going on. Let's, let's see what's going on. So then they come in and they help chase the people. They, they help chase their enemies. So they're feeling fairly good. You know, we can do this. And then you go to verse, or excuse me, to chapter 8. It talks about Gideon subdues the, subdues the Midianites where he's chasing them all along. He gets them out of, their, out, of the, out of the Israelites' land. But then Gideon stops, and in verse 5 it says, Please give loaves of bread to my people who are with me because they are exhausted. Well, you've just been freed. You've, your enemies have been chased out. So you would think, yeah, man, whatever you want. Well, no. Why should we give your army bread? The thankful people. 
And he says, okay, that's fine. Verse 7, when I come back, I will tear down your tower. And the end of verse 10, it says he came, uh, verse 10, now Zibeth and Zamala are of, I don't know why their names are. Anyways, are the army with them, about 15,000. All were with them left, all who were left of all the army of the people of the east. 120,000 men drew by who drew the sword had fallen. So they killed 120,000. And after this, his whole family didn't believe in him either. Sometimes it's the hardest to relate to your family because your family can look at you and say, you know, I knew you when you were one years old. You know, why have you changed now? But here again, all these things are gone. They still didn't. They, they still weren't quite sure what was going on. They, they still didn't believe. To the point where, well, we'll get to the end here. In, in um, verse 29, the death of Gideon. When Jeroboam, the son of Joash, went and dwelt, and dwelt in his own house, Gideon had 70 sons who were his own offspring, for he had many wives. And his concubine, who was, who was in Shechem, also born him a son, whose name he called Ab- Amalek. Now Gideon, the son of Joash, died at an old age. He was buried in the tomb of Joash's father in Oprah of the, of the Asbolites. So it was as soon as Gideon was dead that the children of Israel again played the harlot with the, with the Baals and made Baal of Perth their god. Thus the children of Israel did not remember the Lord their God who had delivered them from the hands of their enemies on every side. Nor did they show kindness to the house of, of Jeroboam, Gideon, in accordance with the good he had done for Israel. So he wipes them all out. I, I skipped in there, but he had to kill his own family just to keep Israel free. And God had done that to the Egyptians. He had, he had freed them from, from the Egyptians. They still didn't understand. On the, on a commentary here, unlike leaders, God, unlikely leaders, God drew out Gideon's hidden potential. The Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid. You are not going to die. Gideon made an un- unlikely fighter, hesitant and fearful. We first meet him as he is secretly thrashing wheat in, in the wine press. To thrash wheat openly was to invite the occupying Midianites army to confiscate it. The Midianites dominated Israel so thoroughly that Israel could rarely harvest crops. Some lived in caves. Gideon was planning, was planning no heroics until the angel of the Lord came to him with battle commission. Who, me? Gideon said to ask, trembling in the view of, of the facts, his doubts were justified. His family and village worshiped Baal, not the Lord. He himself was subject to paralyzing fears, even in the eye of in the eve of battle, Gideon kept demanding miraculous proof that God really was with him. And one miracle was not enough. Again, it reminds me of Moses. Moses was an unlikely hero. He was raised with intellect, had to leave that life, and he's out taking care of sheep for his father-in-law. God saw the potential. At the same time, 
God seems to make Gideon's job more formidable. He reduced his army from 32,000 to a pitiful 300. Now, this got the word pitiful in there. I put or mighty. If a small army so outnumbered were to win, that would prove beyond a doubt that God was in charge. God knew Gideon's potential and patiently brought Gideon to the point of courage. He encouraged him, directed him, and transformed him. Overnight, Gideon became a strong and decisive general. He used noise and light, scare tactics, enabling his small band to scatter the enemy. Though mopping up operations followed, the little army devastated and scattered the, the Midianites, and Gideon triumphed over, <clears throat> triumphed, brought in an era of freedom. Perhaps no one was as surprised as he was. Brought in an era of freedom, but it was short-lived because they didn't want to believe. Paul took up the theme he wrote over a thousand years later. Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards, but God shows the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God shows the weak, the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Therefore, as it is written, let him who, bo- who boasts in the Lord be blessed. The, the point here is anyone can be blessed. Anyone can be a hero. Okay, it might not be the, the wisest thing to keep challenging God. But sometimes it, it takes more than once. Um, this one other comment here from Patriarchs and Prophets. Humility is essential. The Lord can work most, effect, most efficiently through those who are most sensible in their own insufficiencies and who, who, will really apply, who will rely upon him as the teacher and source of strength. So you don't have to be a strong leader in the world to be a strong leader for God. Lord, I want to thank you for the blessings that you've given each one of us and praise the Lord Pray, praise you, Lord, for the, the gifts that you have given us. And, Lord, give us the, the courage and the foresight that when you contact us through a dream or some type of inspiration, that we will be cautious but not overly cautious, and we will realize the study and prayer that you are calling us to do a, a job for you that only us as individuals can do. Again, I pray for your blessing, Lord, in your name, amen.